This episode of Arcaspeak is brought to you by Arcat, and they want to know if you're visiting Chicago for Green Build in November. If you are, check out Arcat at booth 529. This year's theme for the Green Build Convention is Human by Nature, focusing on sustainable buildings and practices that are accessible to everyone. Did you know that you can use RCAT to find lead data on building products? RCAT's powerful search engine can help you find the product information you need that meets your environmental standards. Best of all, it's free. Check out RCAT.com, that's A-R-C-A-T.com today, and visit them at Greenbuild November 14th and 15th at booth 529 for more information. This episode of ArcSpeak is also sponsored by HagerCo. Hager Companies is focused on innovative products resulting in the only U.S.-based provider offering a full line of door hardware. Along with their quality products and outstanding customer service, Hager provides complementary architectural hardware consulting services and numerous AIA and CES-registered continuing education courses. Hager Companies will be exhibiting at the Texas Society of Architects Design Expo on November 8th and 9th in Fort Worth, Texas. Please stop by booth 142 and say hello and learn more about all of their door hardware products, including their electronic access control line. Hager powered by Salto. Welcome to Arcaspeak, the podcast that talks about what it's like to work in the profession of architecture. Welcome to episode 154 of the Arcuspeak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxel. And I'm Cormac Phelan. All right, so this episode, we, we just keep getting some great emails here. So this one caught our eyes and we got a, a message from... Hyla, and she asks uh, some pretty interesting questions, and and one one of the reasons this stuck out to me uh, was because this is something that I really wasn't aware of until after I graduated from architecture school, and it came from a perspective of somebody that I that I work with now, and I was kind of enlightened when I heard this, and it makes sense. I'm sure lots of people already knew this, um, so I'm I'm a little slow on the uptake here, but um, I'll read the email. And I'd like to to hear what you guys think too, uh, definitely because I think that this is something that a lot of students struggle with. Uh, so, and I think that this applies to people who are in the field of architecture after graduation too. Um, so, I think it it applies to students, but it doesn't just stop there. I guess is is where I would go with that. So, um, she's an avid listener. Uh, has in her third year of the architecture program and is struggling with instructor feedback on a project. Uh, she says, I learned about very conventional construction techniques in school where she lives. It's all concrete and I'm designing a sustainable building for her final project. She's done all the research about sustainable architecture alone as that information wasn't covered in their curriculum and finds that she's butting heads with some instructors when it comes when she comes in for critique. So she says, I feel like they don't understand what I'm trying to do and maybe don't know enough about this subject, but they keep trying to push me toward using some using more conventional construction methods. I find it extremely frustrating since I need them to sign off on the project in the end, and I feel limited in my decisions because of that. So here's, here's the question. She says, would you say it's worth it to compromise on some things that she wants to do in order to complete the project? Or... 
Should she be more stubborn and do her best to defend the research that she's done, even though it's completely self-taught and maybe incorrect? Hmm. Cormac, I heard an audible groan. What What are you thinking? Well, it's just the, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a hard one. Uh, I'm, I'm going to let you dive in since how you, you were talking about, you've got, you know, personal experience with uh, a friend at work, but I don't know. I did the audible groan was more of like the completely self-taught and incorrect one. So I'll, I'll reserve judgment for the conversation. So the thing that I think really strikes me about higher education is that it is, it's something you're paying for, for the most part. Yeah. Right. Obviously I'm, I'm kind of generalizing, but that is in, at least in the U S that is pretty much how it goes. And so it's on your dime, and I'm just going to assume that that's the situation here, too, although I don't really know if it is or not, but let's just assume that it is. So the interesting thing about that was, um, and, and this was the epiphany for me, was that you get to call some of the shots, and that even goes for your major when it comes to the research that you're doing for your thesis project or your project, your design project. She says she's a third-year student, so not maybe this isn't like a senior project or anything, but... I think that this is probably an advantage that more graduate students have more than undergraduate students have, because you're definitely, you know, you're coming for, you already have some experience. Maybe you've already got another degree. You already kind of know how the system works. And so you have some educational experience when it comes to how to work within the, the bounds of, of the system that's set up. And I think that there's a little bit more ownership at that level over what's going on because you're you're balancing you're probably balancing even a career at that point with school um so you kind of know what you're capable of and 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 what you what you can and can't do i think that's a little different for undergraduate students my experience was going into university straight out of high school and so i really didn't feel like it was that different it, it was definitely harder but it wasn't something where i felt like i had much control over it and I kind of wish that I did, and I think that things would be much different now if I were to go back. I mean, obviously now with the experience I have, but if I would have known even that much more when I was in my undergraduate program, I would have thought about it quite a bit differently. And that's not to say that I was totally naive. Like There was definitely times where I was working on projects and the requirements were such and I didn't necessarily follow all those requirements to finish the project. It wasn't like the instructor was necessarily even checking off that you met all the requirements. It was kind of like, did you make a convincing argument? And did you show the right amount of work to tell the story that you wanted to tell in front of the jury? But that's what I started to think about when I'm thinking about her question. Um, because she's saying, is it is it worth it to compromise on some of the things that she wants to do in order to complete the project? And... Again, like I, I, I kind of frame this with you're paying for this education. What do you want to get out of it? Yeah. And I also think that it's just a grade. And that does not define you. Right. Interesting. You know, you, you talk about you went from, you know, high school into college. And we know that I went from high school to the army to college to then you know, out of college working for a little while, then back into college. And so I like this, you know, some of your comments um, and kind of her frustration here with one that I had. So when, after I got out of the army and, you know, I, I, I knew that I was paying for this and that this was, you know, I 
I would demand as much out of them as, as I wanted to, you know, the professors, because, you know, this is not, not just my education, but it's also my money. And, um, I remember, and I had received A's in every single one of my studios, um, up until this one particular professor and I had this professor and I think I might've told this story a while back, but he had, you know, he, he came in first day and, um, kind of set the tone for everybody. He's just like, I know that you guys, uh, you know, have been earning A's and stuff and I don't give A's. I don't, you know, it's just, it, I don't feel like, you know, anybody is going to do uh, a deserving work. So, you know, just understand that you're not going to have an A. Really? Oh, no. And, and, and I yelled out, <laughs> I literally, I yelled out. I was just like, excuse me, who's paying who? Wow. Exactly. And I, I kind of got very confrontational. Well, you know, end, end of the story was that I, I got a B because that's all you, you gave. didn't get your A. Um, <laughs> I didn't get my A because, you know, I, I, I probably after I, you know, started to confront him. Man, and it was what was interesting about his particular studios. I, I, be, I became for more, com, you know, more confrontational um, with him uh, throughout the entire process than I had been before, which then, you know, kind of like in a way altered the way that I, you know, went from there on out and it kind of somewhat changed my career. The, you know, the way I am in the career is just like, you know, I'm not going to stand by and, you know, let them, you know, just, just butt heads with me just because, you know, they want to set the tone of like, I'm the authority, you listen to me kind of thing. Cause you know, whether or not they're an expert or in, you know, in, uh, in this case where they seem to not know anything about like the sustainability side of what she's trying to do here. Um, you're, you, you get to, it's, it's like I tell everybody and just recently told somebody in their, uh, performance review, you make your own career. Well, in school, you sort of make your own, you know, path through school and, since we're going toward, you know, not going towards, we've been, you know, knee deep in sustainability and this should be something that should be almost, um, second nature in, um, in education now. So it, it's kind of, it, it, it's, it seems weird to me that she's having to be self-taught on something that should be second nature in education. Well, architectural well, education. How about being encouraged, right, to explore. I mean, I, I, when I was in school, one professor I can think of off the top of my head, she would come around and kind of do a survey of what everybody was working on. And then she'd disappear for a little while and she'd actually go down to the library and pull slides about things that were relevant to what everybody was doing and that, that, that we could all relate to and and use for either inspiration or, or or discussion and then at the end of studio she'd come back and she'd go through some of these slides and work through us you know work with us so the point here is that it's it, disappointing to see that that sort of openness in her studio is not happening right that that that's it's kind of disappointing that that's the case you know i i don't know i mean I see where you guys are going with this. You know, we're paying for this school. 
They should be working for us. And I get that. Um, but in this situation, it's it's disappointing that she's not able to to get that encouragement to go pursue perhaps a different construction method. But I, I would also say though, that, you know, the type of construction she mentions in her email is more, um, uh, with, with concrete, right? That's the type they have now. And I, I guess where I was going to take a, a, a short detour on this was that, um, when you're in school, it's, it's also an opportunity to, you got to learn the basics, right? Um, and so, if concrete is what's typically used there, and, and I, I'm making an assumption here, but you know it, it's not a bad thing to learn how to work with that material that you you know and the standard construction methods of the area you live in. Okay, if you've got if you've got that down and you can understand that, then you can start to branch off and try and do different things as well, right? So maybe you know we always talk about. Um, um, having that level of experience, right? And, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you see where I'm going with that. So if, yeah, you, if you get that level, that base of understanding—no <laughs> pun intended—the base, the the foundation, if you will, of how you work with the materials that are typical in your part of the world, then you can branch out and then start looking at well, how do I make that more sustainable? You know, one well, we can get back over to this, but you know, one opportunity here is how do you make concrete more sustainable, right? There's a lot of things we do here to help make it more efficient and energy efficient and such. Uh, so maybe that's a way to maybe even spin what you're trying or what she's trying to do and, and, but use it in the types of materials that are more common to that part of the world. Yeah. Cause I mean, I was honestly of, of two minds in this, you know, cause <laughs> always playing the devil's advocate. I mean, I can honestly, um, argue for her kind of like, you know, dig in her heels and, you know, fight for, uh, you know, kind of like the, the direction that she's been working on and, and, you know, kind of teaching herself how to do all right. of these things. Um, or, you know, the other tact is, okay, well, how do you, how do you kind of play ball, do the more conventional methods, um, but in something, you know, in a, in a construction method that is prevalent everywhere, really, I mean, sure. you know, here, here, here's a guy that, um, is currently working on the design of a building that in downtown Baltimore, the, uh, construction method for, you know, these high rise buildings that we're doing around here is concrete. Mm -hmm. Guess who's doing one of the first steel buildings, um, that, Baltimore high rises have seen in a very long time uh, because of the, you know, different, you know, kind of constraints that I have on my project. It just seemed more natural and worked better to, to change to steel. So I'm, I'm kind of bucking the system. So, you know, I, I can, I can make arguments in, in two different, two different fashions, but you know, where I was going with that is like in concrete, you're right, Neil, there are ways of making concrete, you know, through different admixtures mm -hmm, and things mm -hmm. like that more right. sustainable. But, you know, then you can also make the argument on the sustainability factor with, you know, the life cycle of uh, concrete, the, um, the maintenance free, you know, aspect of certain things, the inherent, 
durability and fireproofing of, you know, concrete versus steel and all this other stuff. I mean, because so if if, if I were to make the argument um, for, you know, say, OK, well, why would I do you know, if I'm doing like a high rise building or something, why would I do it out of concrete rather than steel? It's like, okay, well, if, you know, the cost of raw materials and labor are virtually the same, what makes one inherently better over the other? And, you know, you start to kind of go down the rabbit hole of, well, you know, concrete is inherently fireproof and the steel that I'm doing, I'm going to have to fireproof it. So now I'm coming in with a second trade and I'm making it more expensive and stuff like that. So you've got, you know, this construction cost, which is, but also a sustainability because you're, you're looking at these overall costs and expenditures and the, the life cycle of, of just the, the, um, overall maintenance of it, the overall construction of it, you know, all of these other things. So you, you can start to balance out, well, you know, there are a lot of inherently sustainable, and I know it sounds weird to say it out, you know, like this, but there are inherently sustainable factors in concrete construction that, um, you can still do a sustainable building with concrete construction, or you can say, okay, the reason why I'm doing this. So <laughs> I guess I'm kind of arguing both of my minds. <laughs> the thing that I keep coming back to on this is typically, and I don't, I'm not there, right? I, I don't know what the, the professor's real motive here is to continually go back to more conventional construction methods. I don't know the, the lack of uh, the, the true depth of the lack of knowledge about sustainability and all these things. But I, on one level, like I always taught, treated my, professor like a collaborator on the project and i get it sometimes that just doesn't work right sometimes you just want to go in a completely different direction maybe maybe there are small compromises to use her term that she could use to build a stronger partnership Um, because when it comes to game day when you're actually giving the design presentation in front of a jury it's good to have some somebody on your side right. when you're defending your project. Now, that's not always possible. Sometimes the jury will totally be on your side and your professor will not. And I've seen it many times where the professor <laughs> switches sides because they want to look good in front of a jury of peers. You know, maybe they flop right in front of them. I've seen that happen before. But at the same time, like you have to follow what you truly believe so if if you really believe that your project is about something that that somebody like your professor doesn't believe it's about i kind of feel like you have to fight for that and and so i honestly feel like you really have to listen to them you can't just dismiss what they're saying there probably are some valid points in there but if it totally goes against what you're trying to do then it's okay. And it's even okay for you to communicate that and say, even in your presentation, you know, leading up on the process, because your presentation is not just the final outcome. It's, it's how you got there and what you went through in the research that you did and how what you found was this. And you don't know if it's right, but you decided that it was the right thing to do for this project. Again, we're talking about, this is not a real building. There's no life or death scenario here. And, and in the very end, it's just a grade, right? So, I mean, really... Uh, yeah, I think if if you really follow your heart and your passion here, and even if it is against what you're being told, and you can communicate that, and you can say why you went in a different direction, that is totally valid stuff. And I think a jury typically will applaud you for that, or at least 
understand why you did it and give you some good feedback based on that. Yeah. But then I also think when you think about some of the the people that that this particular topic makes me think of, like Nader Khalili of Cal Earth, who came up with his own sustainability um, related systems to build structures with indigenous materials like concrete from where he's from, which is Iran. I mean, it, or, or you think about uh, Paolo Soleri out at Arcosanti, where he bought a plot of land out in the middle of nowhere so that he could pursue his sustainable architecture with his vision. I mean, these, these unconventional solutions are not born out of following everybody else's convention. And and I don't think that, I mean, what many people would consider to be geniuses when it comes to design, I mean, yes, they're eccentric people maybe, maybe they're a little bit isolation, <laughs> isolationist, but still, like, they did their own thing and they're world-renowned for it. So I don't, I don't know that like it makes any sense to try to say you should fit this mold that they're laying out for you. Well, well, you know, I also, I also often think back to that studio I was telling you about, where you know we we started off very confrontational and kind of through the whole thing, you know, I I always often wonder. All right, so maybe he came in with his little declaration of throwing the gauntlet down and it's just like, I give a, I only give B's. I never give A's, you know, that's the highest grade I give. And, and maybe if I would have, you know, worked harder and been less confrontational, um, that, you know, maybe I would have been the first one that he gave an A to because, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, this guy's really trying to, you know, work to show me something. Think of it more of a challenge rather than a personal kind of a thing. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I was so, personally offended by the thing. It's just like, look, you know, I don't care how hard you work, you know, you're not going to get rewarded for it. And you're like, all right, fine. Well then it's going to work just the opposite for you because I'm going to work less and I'm just, or I'm going to do bare minimum stuff. (laughs) I've totally felt like that too. Somebody says you're not working fast enough. Then I work even slower, right? (laughs) You're like, Oh really? Not working fast enough. Yeah. But, but at that point you're just trying to like prove a point, right? It's not like, like you're not living up to that challenge, right? You're not, you're, you're like, Oh yeah, well I'll show you and not in a good way. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I also go back to thinking about what, what Neil said and, and I, and I kind of agree completely with learning is so the only way that we have been able to um like advance things is by understanding the way we used to do things or the way that we currently do things so in getting a mastery of them to then develop better ways to do those things and so you know maybe and, and this is where, you know, I can start to argue, you know, the other point of like, well, you know, maybe going back and actually doing a project that is more conventionally bent and, you know, doing all of these conventional construction techniques so that you can learn and understand what the conventional construction techniques are and how you're going to be dealing with contractors in the field with those conventional contract, you know, construction techniques then you can say, okay, I understand where you guys are coming from. Um, but let me tell you some of, you know, through my research and understanding of, you know, these sustainable practices, what we can do better to make what you guys normally do 
just that much better, that more environmentally friendly, that more, um, you know, contributing to the life cycle costing and, and all of that. So that, you know, you can, you know, become a leader in, you know, taking the conventional construction techniques that much further, you know? So, I mean, you, you, there's, there's, there's the opportunity to argue this in so many different ways. Agreed. I, 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 I can agree with that too. And I also think that like, this isn't a math equation. This is architecture. There's not one right answer here. So when it comes to your project and what you're doing with it, like all people can do is give input and try to steer you in a direction, but there is not like one answer that everybody's shooting for. We've talked about before on the podcast, if you give everybody the same project, we've seen this in school time and time again, There, everybody has a different solution mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. And that's how it'll always be. And always, and now that we operate in the real world, you know, air quotes there, when I design a building that gets built, I still think about that. I still think of how if somebody else designed this building, it wouldn't look like this when I'm walking through it. Yeah, yeah. And, and to me, that's, that's what makes this so interesting to me, right? Because it is decision after decision, and every decision is based on previous chain of decisions that could have gone so many different ways. And now all you had to do was swap out one variable. It could be a person. It could be how they felt that day. It could be who was at the meeting. It could be where the meeting happened. It could be so many things, right, uh, that, that would change the direction. Like, like Cormac, you said, uh, you're going with steel instead of concrete mm-hmm. for this building that you're working on. It would be different if it was concrete. It's not like those two things are equally interchangeable. They're not. They're different. And so, yeah. again, like I just want to reiterate that it's frustrating to go through this experience. That's probably a good thing. That means you're learning. But it also, there is no like right answer here. And so, I mean, we're, we're coming at, at, at this from many different angles, but, but there's, there's not like a perfect end project that you're shooting for. The whole thing is a process, and it's about that process. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you a, a perfect example about <laughs> this current project. Um, I was supposed to be on the project, you know, early in, you know, con- you know conceptual design, I guess. Um, but I was working on another project, and it kind of kept me, and it kept dragging on the, you know, construction documents delivery date kept pushing out further and further and further. And so the project get, you know, got started. Teams were being built. Um, I eventually was coming onto the team, but up until that time, the building had been designed. The building had been costed out as a, you know, with conceptual design and conceptual cost estimating. Everything was trending towards concrete. And no one was asking the question, you know, why are we building in concrete? I mean, um, and when I got on board, I started looking at it and analyzing, you know, we've got all of these tricky little cantilevers and things like that. And we were trying to hover over the top of and, and cantilever over um, existing utility tunnels and um, adjacent buildings that have a, you know, basements that are immediately under the footprint of our building and stuff like that. And I kept going back and looking at it and saying, yeah, I'm not sure that this really makes sense for this particular construction method. And, and it was really only me 
getting on board and saying, you know, hey, well, why, aren't, why aren't we doing it in steel? And everybody's like, I don't know why we're not doing it in steel. Um, <laughs> Challenging the status quo, what? But this is how we always do it. Well, that's it. They're like, in Baltimore, we build in concrete. I'm like, why? I mean, I, <laughs> we've, I was like, I do... As like as a cost saving method in a lot of the K through twelve stuff, and I, I sort of brought my K through twelve cost savings you know hat on and said you know we do a lot of things out of steel because of the flexibility of what we can do with it. I mean yeah, concrete's you know a lot of times tends to be a lot cheaper in, uh, but you know we've the, you've got all this flexibility and stuff. And so so where I'm going is that you know I I guess you know it was you're you're right. I mean you can, everybody's going to come up with a different solution and a different problem to, to, to address something. And, and, and so I don't know if we've even remotely touched on whether or not she like entrench in, in, um, and, and kind of fight the fight, the fight. And I would say fight the good fight or, you know, and, and it, I, I, I'm going to phrase it as giving in and just kind of going with the more conventional, but I don't even necessarily feel like it's giving in. It's, I think it's maybe taking a different tact on the way that she approaches, um, this is, you know, her sustainability. It's like, okay, like I said you know, earlier, it's, you know, all right, here's the way you guys do it. Well, here's my overlay of the sustainability. Here's how I can do it better. Yeah. You know, I would also say that it's important to maybe understand where and maybe why the professor is coming from this direction and pushing you in this direction. I we cannot tell from the from the email uh, if that is obvious or not. And so, you know, think of this as another design problem. Uh, come at it from this is your client, and you're trying to understand you know, what, what they're trying to ask you to do. And, 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 you know, we oftentimes have said on this show, everything's a design problem. Treat this as another design problem and try and understand maybe where the professor's coming from, why they're making you do this, this, or why they want you to do it this way. And maybe that'll give you some clues as to what you should do, right? It's not necessarily a black and white. Should I just, um, uh, how did you say it here in the email? Just giving up, uh, uh, and, and compromising, I think was the word you used. Yes. Thank you. Um, and so in this case, you know, try and try and understand that and then see what you can, you can make out of that. Use it as another design challenge here. Um, ultimately maybe there is no reason. Maybe the, you know, you have one professor who's just being a jerk <laughs> And hopefully it's only a quarter or a semester long and you, and, and you just move on and the next professor will be better or different. Right. Uh, it, it doesn't seem like this is a, um, although this is the final project you're working on. So I guess in that case, uh, it doesn't matter, but then I would go back. You know, I would say for, for, for most people, if this, if you're in the middle of school or something, it just, just go with it, do the best you can and do what Evan said earlier, you know, and, and Karmic, you said as well, you're paying for this, get what you want out of it. And if you're not getting that, then there's the next quarter, or maybe there's another advisor you can go speak to, um, 
to try and get something out of that quarter that you're currently in or semester you're, you may be in. In your case, because this is your final project, you know, I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Not too many people ask you what your grades are in school when you get out. It's more like, or I don't think I've ever asked anyone in a job interview, what grade did you get on your final project? Did you graduate? It's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you graduated. Great. Show me the imagery from your final project and and what you learned from that and what you did. Nobody's going to care what grade you got. And so I, that's uh, hopefully that's true. And I would say push the limits of what you are trying to learn. If if your passion is sustainability and your and and using alternative materials than what is normal, uh, go for it. Go learn that. You will probably find a firm out there that is interested in that and you can use that to get a job. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, to, like I said, I could argue you know, all sides of this, but you know, my internal gut feeling is, is, you know, fight the power, damn the man. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I, I go back to not playing it safe and not just worrying about what the checklist of, of things that you have to complete for this project are rather design the project that you really believe needs to be the project and show the pieces of that will, that will tell the story of what you need to say, back it up with research, back it up with real reasons why, not just because you felt like it or not, or because that's, that's the way the wind blew that day. Right. It's, it's all about Mm -hmm. data. And if, if you come across with that passion, when you're presenting it, the passion for architecture and the passion for this project you're definitely gonna gonna have a great conversation that day. There's never gonna be a dull moment there, and, and you're gonna be able to to get some good feedback. And and nobody gets to tell you that you don't get to make this project even better when it goes in your portfolio. Like if you get great feedback that day, maybe you can incorporate it, put it in that portfolio, so that it's even better. That's really what the opportunity is at a final jury is to present your work, get good feedback, and and potentially make that project even better. Take that good idea and make it a great idea. I mean, you're going to have some really good minds there. Decide what you want to get out of that final jury. Um, I typically tell people not to talk about what they didn't do or what they did badly. Talk about the good points oh, because yeah. you're presenting your work that that hopefully there's some there's some passion behind. I have no doubt that there there's passion behind this. But you you definitely want to figure out what you can use that jury for that day. Um, and steer the conversation in that direction so that you get even more out of this project. And and that's hard when you're tired and you're worn out from from doing this up to the last minute. But it is a missed opportunity if you don't take advantage of that situation. Oh, absolutely. No, yeah, you know, actually, you bring up a, a good point because I was going to say, but you said it far more eloquently than I'm about to say. But if you are going to buck the system and you're going to, fight the, I wouldn't say fight the professor but uh, if you have to fight him uh, go for it you should <laughs> um but um if 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 you're if you're going to stick to your guns and you're going to do your sustainable project and you know honestly I everything is telling me to tell you do it do exactly what you want to do just make sure that, as Evan said, you're you're able to bring all of the data in and present it confidently, competently, and 
with passion, no one's going to fault you for. It. No one's going to say, "Hey, you know, this was, you know, this was a bad idea," or "God, I really wish that you would have done this." You know, you know, conventional construction, concrete construction, and stuff. They're going to say, "All right, here's somebody who's really passionate about what they did. They did the research. They backed it all up, and they did a great job." Um, but what you you just kind of said, you know kind of triggered the last time I sat in on a jury and almost everybody came into that jury starting to talk about all of the negatives about the project before they got to the positives. And, and I was just, I, I sat there kind of like churning in my chair. Like I, I want to hear what you got out of it. Not what you, you know, it's like why you struggle or what you hated about it or something like that. Just get to the meat of the joy of the project and go with that. That's it. Yeah. I don't, I don't disagree with that. Don't, don't, yeah. Don't, don't start off with what you didn't do. Yes. Never do that. that, Right. Yes. I mean, architect fails right there. (laughs) Yeah. Another architect fails. All right, I think we talked this one to death, and hopefully we we gave some something to go off there. I know it's a high stress time, but take a deep breath yeah. and uh, and and finish strong because I mean it sounds like the passion's there and uh, and that you're made to be an architect, so you'll make it through this for sure. Coming from somebody who's going through a very stressful time right now, <laughs> uh, trying to wear multiple hats, and in less than two weeks this will all be over, and or start or just starting, I'm not sure yet, hopefully just starting, um, try and have some fun with it. Um, yes, everything could be pretty stressful, but realize you're at a, a point in your life right now where you're finishing your schooling, you're, you're going to finish this off, and enjoy it, because this, this, this part of your life doesn't happen again. And so try and, try and enjoy it, because it's not as bad as you think, and, uh, and, you're going to look back on this experience, learning a lot from it. So as Evan said earlier, you know, have a goal in mind for what you want to get out of the project, what you want to get out of that final jury crit and where that is going to take you in your career. Yeah. This right? is a stepping so, stone for sure. This is not a the, stepping stone. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. And it's really hard to see that sometimes, especially when you're in school uh, and it's hard to look forward, but, but look forward, see where this is going to take you. Because quite honestly, this, your final project is one where that's really the opening statement for you. When you go looking for a job, it's like, this is what I'm passionate about. And this is why I want to work here. And this is what I've done to deserve working here. And that's what this project really is, is for. It's not just to please your professor or your classmates or any think forward of what this project is really meant to be is your stepping stone to what you're passionate about and where you want to go in the future of your career. The way I look at it here also, she, she's to me setting the tone right for the rest of her life in this profession, because she's already out there questioning, um, the status quo, which is what we're built to do, um, you know, um, she's looking at, okay, this is how you do it, but this is a good way to do it better. 
And this is exactly where we're going in this profession. We're trying to make things better. We're trying to reduce our carbon footprints. We're trying to build better buildings and things like that. So sticking to your guns and going with what you feel is right is going to go a long way in this career for the rest of your career. So keep going. Thanks, Hyla, for the question. It was a, it was a good discussion. I think a lot of people needed to hear that. And again, I think it applies to the professional out there as well, right? Not just the student. Yeah, yeah. There's Absolutely. lots of professionals dealing with stuff like this all the time. And uh, in every instance here along the timeline, it's just something that is going to be that stepping stone for that next thing that you do. So like Neil said, get find joy somewhere in it and move through it, move on and, and use that information for the next decision. I mean, it's, it's all building towards towards the next thing. And uh, yep. the past doesn't exist, right? The past is the past. It doesn't you only have right now? So take advantage of it. All right. So let's take this one out and remind everyone that this episode is brought to you by Arcat and Hager Companies. The music is by System Kid. Subscribe to Arcaspeak on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or listen directly from our site at arcaspeakpodcast.com. You can follow the show on social media via Twitter and Facebook. And links to each of those can be found on the site. Thanks for listening, everyone, and keep those questions coming. They've been uh, feeding us along pretty good here this uh, late fall. And remind everyone to stay subscribed. Yeah, thanks, everybody. See you next time. Thank you. Bye, guys.